Mitchell completes the interview with Coach Kenny Brooks. First down, Hokies. That is one of your best talents and one of your most underutilized talents. I think we need to bring that. I think you need to bring that to the forefront more. I miss Bill McChain. I, I really do. I, the new the new guy, not bad. Um, shout out to him, but man. Third down. All right. Oh. No, none of that. None of that. None of the third down. <laughs> none of the third down. But uh, hey, everyone. Bienvenidos. Welcome back. Sons of Saturday coming at you. We got a terrific interview with Coach Brooks. I, uh, I just listened to it. It's fantastic. Billy did a great job. Billy uh, did a mano y mano uh, with Coach Brooks uh, earlier this week. And uh, really just fantastic stuff. I mean, Coach Brooks has a lot of accolades, did incredible things at JMU, really turned that program around. And you'll learn some cool anecdotes, some cool stories, and uh, all the above. So that's awesome. And uh, before we get into that, just have a couple quick notes from the Suns that we'd love to chat about. You know, we got some recruiting going on. We got some website stuff going on. But we got to kick it off with a hokey haiku, as we do. With 95% of episodes, I think we forgot one on the DJ Harvey episode. Oh, not Uh a hit. Brought to you by the Main Street Pharmacy. (laughs) I I knew that was coming, though. Same wavelength. Same wavelength. Sons of wavelengths. So, Main Street Pharmacy, you know where they are. They're on Main Street. They're in Blacksburg, Virginia. Dr. Jeremy Counts. At Hokie Farm, at Main Street Farm, go into there. Go to that pharmacy. They're the best pharmacy in the New River Valley. The they care pharmacy. about you. They, they care, care about, about you. you. They care about you so much, in fact. They care about the Hokie community. They care about Hokie football, basketball, lacrosse, track, swimming, all the above, wrestling, all the above. I mean, Jeremy counts. Great guy. He's going to be uh, – Yeah, I keep saying this. You guys are like, what are, you, what are you talking about, Pat? Jeremy Counts, Dr. Jeremy, has some incredible things up his sleeve that are coming down the pipe uh, with Virginia Tech. So stay tuned. But, yes, this guy cares about Virginia Tech. He cares about the community. He cares about his, the students, the professors, the staff, the faculty, the New River Valley community, alumni everything so get down to main street pharmacy here's our haiku submitted by dave naus and this was a themed haiku a little uh, a little curveball if you will Ooh, this haiku baseball is starts in 10 days baseball starts in 10 days dave naus has his haiku as a now typically haikus are uh, five seven five but we did get a uh, a new verbal commitment over the long weekend over the weekend here easy atute we'll get into that but he's from the seven five seven Simfat, Virginia Beach. So, Dave, spin zone, 757 haiku instead of 575. So, here we go. 757 came home. This is still our state. EC's good one for VT. I got to say, like A, plus, on words there. A plus on the creativity, the 757, 575. I'm still trying to learn how to haiku. Um, one of these days, I'm going to do one. Um, Teach me how to, Dougie, teach me how to haiku. We'll get there at some point. But I'm excited. Uh, Izzy, Atu- Izzy Maserati Atute got the Maserati in the commitment video. was fantastic. Um, Going to put on some weight in the weight room. Three-star recruit. Chose us over West Virginia. Chose us over NC State. Hopefully not the first person to choose us over an NC State. But 
He's in the boat. Super excited to have him. And then I got to tell you, I was in the spin zone. I have tweet notifications on for Yetzi. got tweet notifications on for Puente and Tap and, 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 and the whole gang. And I'm just going about my day. And the Twitter machine is blip, 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 blip. And I'm like, what's, what's going on here? Pat, breaking news. Well, not, not so much breaking news, but shocking news. What happened after that? Yeah, so Easy was uh, was kind of you know we th- we thought he was coming. We heard some good things. The CBs were going in from the twenty four seven guys, and he's got some incredible film. He's a linebacker, and I'm excited uh, to see him uh, rep this uh, linebacking core and learn from uh, the coaches here with Coach Clay's. But Trey Curry, man, Yetzi puts out this uh, this video. It's it's two buzzer beaters and it's one of them is Steph Curry. The other one is Trey young. And then we're just like, okay, like Trey. we were doing, we were reading the hieroglyphs, Pat. We were going back and forth. We're like, mm. is it a dual mental sp- gymnastics, man? Is it a dual sport athlete? What is directly in the middle of Atlanta and, you know, San Francisco, maybe they're from, what is that? Kansas Topeka. I mean, I don't, I don't know. We're thinking like, we're thinking, okay, long shot. So like, I mean, we're hearing things about Donovan McMillan that he's going to Florida. Like it could be a long shot for us. And then Mark Diathorn was putting out Ben Roethlisberger gifts and uh, Roethlisberger is from D max hometown in Pennsylvania, but that's not it. No, this was Trey Curry. So Trey young, Steph Curry, Trey Curry, right in our face together, right in our face, literally right in our face. And, but the thing is he wasn't on our radar. That's the thing. This staff is doing some, some stuff okay they're recruiting all over the country they're recruiting in california they're recruiting in tennessee and they're recruiting in virginia too but before you know it you get a little surprise win so trey curry commits to the Hokies. surprise win on tuesday it made my day i hope it made your day Six four two ten wide receiver from bradley central high school in tennessee and uh, that's Cleveland, Tennessee. Didn't know there was a Cleveland, Tennessee until until uh, yesterday. His quarterback actually is a UVA commit, so that's uh, that's interesting. I'm wondering wondering what the connection is there. But um, you know, we lost Latrell Neville a couple months ago. He was our uh, our top recruit at one point. But then you pick up this guy from Tennessee, which is a lot closer to Blacksburg than Texas, which is where uh, our previously committed um, commit. Latrell Neville is from. So this guy is massive. 6'4-210. I mean, that's that's a frame. If you have a guy like that on your field, yeah, you're you're kind of talking about like a Damon Hazelton type guy, a Jared Boykin, a Justin Harper. These guys just have have size and frame and can go up for the jump balls and you know be a really good uh possession type wide receiver. So that's incredibly exciting. That is NFL frame right there. He was under the radar and we hadn't been hearing about him but here's some facts about trey curry is that virginia tech was trey curry's first offer and his first ever college visit his first ever visit was uh in september or i guess it was early october 2018 you guys remember that stripe the stadium game where uh, notre dame came to town and lane was striped and it looked so cool and i mean that was just an incredible experience from an atmosphere perspective and trey obviously had a had a positive impact on him because he uh he dialed us up and committed yesterday so that's awesome he commits to virginia tech over georgia tennessee auburn a slew of sec offers had a basketball offer at auburn uh so bruce pearl but shout out to jafar williams 
and uh, the recruiting team there, the recruiting staff, because that's a uh, that's a great get. So sons of sons of momentum, sons of more momentum. We it's got, exactly uh, what the do- doctor ordered. We needed a receiver, a big wide receiver. It's something that we're hurting for, um, and uh, another need that we needed fulfilled. And as Bo Davidson so famously said the other day, "What do big frames and big people do? They make the field smaller. It's just basic geoma geoma math." So shout out to him. Yeah, so more momentum. I mean, this is the second highest recruit in the class. We're having a good July. We've got three recruits uh, in the boat for 2021 since July 4th with Don, uh, with uh, DJ Harvey on the 4th, EC on last Saturday, and now uh, Trey Curry. We'll see how the rest of this month shapes out. Um, as of Wednesday, the 15th of July, we were the, fifth, uh, we were the 43rd ranked class overall. Uh, that is a jump. So we were in, in the 50s before 4th of July, 12th in the ACC now. Uh, we have a long way to go. I'd love to see this class be a top 25 class. I'd love to see it be a top 30 class. I'm with you. I think uh, top 30 is definitely attainable, and uh, who knows about top 25. But there are 203 days until signing day. 203 That's a lot. Days. And a lot of these guys are probably not going to be uh, you know, putting paper to pen, pen to paper, on uh, on that early signing period, so we'll see what happens. But again, two hundred and three days. I don't think okay, two hundred three days ago, COVID nineteen wasn't really a thing, and there was no global pandemic, and the world you know didn't flip upside down. So think of what can happen in two hundred three days or less. Uh, there's there's still plenty of time here, and uh, we got some we got some more space in this class. Probably eleven or twelve more uh, recruits that are probably going to join this party. So uh, let's build on this momentum. Sons of fun facts. 213 days ago, the Sons of Saturday did not exist. Two days ago, the website did not exist. We have something awesome that we've been working on for a very, very, very long time. Pat and I and Grayson were discussing, look, we have a podcast. It's fun. It's great. How do we expand this brand how do we find another way to reach people how do we bring more talented people on board to tell virginia tech's story um we're trying to do the best we can to cover virginia tech from as many angles as possible um but um you know there's a lot more to be told and we reached out to a fellow Hokie uh who uh who pat knew very well uh introduced us uh and we were able shout out to hayden clique a developer who built this beautiful website. Um, we had just had the store presence at first, um, but we since have built out the sons of Saturday.com. Check it out. I have to shout out some of the incredibly talented people um, that we have on board. Uh, Adam Roth, Chris Himes, Ed Williams, Pat Rouleau, Rand Cochran, Robert Irby, Ryan Hartman, Sam Jesse, Taylor Kasky are all in the boat. And we have some really awesome stuff coming up. Um, so far on the website, I have made my illustrious return to writing. I wrote about, guys, stop talking about Danny Cole cash or non-cash. It's enough. Give it a break. You want my opinion? Go read it. A changing by the second glance of the 2020 Virginia Tech schedule. And then a top 50 Hokie countdown. Disclaimer. Bing, 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 bing. Disclaimer. This does not mean these are the only 50 Hokies that were great. This does not mean it's in order. It is simply... We're 50 days away or 49 days today away from what should be and what probably won't be, but may be the kickoff of the 2020 season, 2020-2021 season. So we're counting down 50 Hokies. 
it's when we're spotlighting them. Uh, and likely we will continue to do that in the future, but it's been a ton of fun. Uh, so far, Nikki Giovanni uh, was our first uh, highlight and we have more to come. Uh, so we're really excited about that. Also, Jeremy Counts, ripping the Matt Ryan. Make sure you check that out. Great laugh on the homepage. And uh, one more thing that I'll just mention uh, that's really, really interesting. So we have the podcasts on the website. And on the right, if you click into it, uh, we're going to start doing write-ups for podcasts. So, for example, we did DJ Harvey and uh, Kelly Lawson. Now we'll do write-ups for each one. So instead of just having the podcast, you're going to be able to access their film. You're going to be able to hear some further thoughts. For example, the uh, Dr. Shushak one, we have linked the article where you can go and read updates from Virginia Tech. It's just going to bring more color and more um, detail to the podcast. So we're really excited about that. We'll be backlogging that. And Pat, there's one thing that we think people should do. And there's one promise that we're going to keep if you do so. What is that thing we're asking people to do? Guys, this is a open invite. This is a open platform. If you have a story you'd like to tell, an antidote that you'd like to retrieve, you know, from stories untold of Hokey Pass that you think you'd love to tell in front of an audience on a platform, enter Sons of Saturday. We are more than happy. And this is an open invite. If you have a story to uh, entertain you as a, as a guest writer, uh, for example, Karsten DeWolf, my freshman year roommate, great friend. He wore these overalls to every single game uh, as a student. He would just, just wear the overalls. No shirt on framed. Has them framed, has them signed by Coach Beamer. And he's like, hey, I, I think it'd be cool to write an article about the overalls. And I'm like, dude, please, let's see it. Like, w- I think Koki Nation would love to see uh, some photos and, uh, you know, understand the, uh, the roadmap that those overalls took from – fall of 2013 up until graduation. Uh, Bryce Chalkley, Section 5, uh, co-founder. He wants to write about Section 5. There's nothing I love more than uh, a Saturday in Section 5. So just like two examples like that, if you have something you want to talk about, if you have an idea, just uh, hit us up. The contact is in the top over by contact. Just give us a click. And that's not even what I was going to say, Pat, but that was a great, a great thing to mention. I was just asking, hey, you like the Sons of Saturday? You want to support the Sons of Saturday? You want to know what's going on? First and foremost, our promise to you will not blow up the inbox. We're looking at an email a week tops unless there's super breaking news. You scroll all the way to the bottom. Sons of Subscribery, sign up for our newsletter. We'll keep you in the loop. Maybe drop some discount codes, maybe some free merchandise, maybe let you know about some things going on, drop some Easter eggs here and there. Check out the newsletter. We would really, really, really appreciate it. And we promise we're not going to spam you. Pat and I, we work in technology. We, we understand GDPR compliance. We understand click-through rates. We understand not overcrowding your inbox. When the sun's hit your inbox and you've got mail, we want you to open it. We don't want you to think, these guys again? Come on. No, we're not going to do that. So website is up, sunsatter.com. Tweet at us. Let us know what you think. If you would like or looking to build a website, let us know. We got the goods, and uh, we can put you in touch with Hayden Cleek. But without further ado, what's coming up? We got Jalen Stroman coming up this weekend. Uh, Justin Robinson is in the works. Got some other great interviews. Am I missing anything, Pat? Uh, we got Brett Chiancia. Yes, pick six, free, pick pick six, six previews. previews coming on the podcast as well. And David Hale. David Hale, a David Hale joint from ESPN. 
We'll be joining the Sons of Saturday as well. Um, but in closing, I want to tip my cap to everybody who, and we'll get into this a little bit more, everybody who made this possible. Uh, again, Hayden is just one of a bunch of people who really contributed to helping us build uh, this brand and helping us reach people across Hokie Nation. And it's been it's been a blessing and it's been a ton of fun every, every step of the way. And we look forward to continuing that. Can't thank you guys enough. And Pat, one last plug. Give it to us. Guys, the merch. Okay, we have the merch at the bottom of the website. And uh, we encourage you to go ahead and rep the Suns and you know check out a, a hat, a koozie. We don't have koozies. We're putting koozies on there. Uh, a hat, a sweatshirt, whatever you want to check out. I do want to give disclaimer. I know we said it a couple times, uh, but definitely want to bump it up to the top of your inbox here. COVID-19 has definitely slowed the uh, the third-party production rate for some of the products so you know just be wary if you're purchasing no it might not get there you know within seven to ten business days or what have you um that's listed on there it might be a little longer but it will get there it's just a little slower than usual but definitely want you guys to know that and absolutely appreciate and love when uh when folks will send in pictures of them repping the suns because it 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 is just incredibly cool to to have that going on so Without further ado, here is Coach Brooks. Get ready for Professor Boyer coming up later in the week, and we appreciate you. Enjoy Coach Brooks. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sons of Saturday. We have an extremely special guest this week we're excited about. We are bringing on Coach Kenny Brooks, the head coach of the women's basketball team. A quick rundown of some of Coach Brooks' accomplishments from JMU. Coach Brooks registered a winning campaign in 13 out of his 14 seasons in Harrisonburg, ascending to number 23 in the AP poll and 21 in the USA Today coaches poll. In 2014 and 15, his squad tied a school record with 29 victories. In 13 and 14, he led the Dukes to their first NCAA tournament victory since 1991, when his 11th seeded Dukes knocked off the sixth seeded Gonzaga in 72 to 63 in the first round. 2007, the Dukes earned an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament, making the only the second time in the CAA team had received an at-large berth. Coach Brooks has coached four WNBA draft picks in Tamira Young, Lauren Okafor, Jasmine Guathme, and in addition to several other players who have signed professional contracts, including Reagan McGarity, who was a third-round selection in 2019. Since Coach Brooks arrived in Blacksburg, the Hokies have enjoyed four consecutive 21 seasons, with the first three resulting in trips to WNIT, making the championship game in 2018. And in 2020, Coach Brooks and the Hokies were poised to make the program's first NCAA tournament appearance since 2006, with a historic 21-9 season that featured a record 11 ACC wins. Coach Brooks stands as the only active ACC coach with a streak of 15 consecutive seasons with 20 or more victories. That's a mouthful. Coach, we're so excited to have you here. And first and foremost, I just want to ask you, how are you? How is your family? Uh, how are you handling everything going on right now? Well, all things considered, I think we're all doing well. Um, I, I think if there is a silver lining to you know these last few months, uh, is that I've had a lot of family time, quality family time, a lot of, lot of dinners around the table where we're all sitting and talking and communicating something that kind of gets away from you when, uh, you know, your, your life is going on and all the hectic, uh, things are going on in your life. But, uh, but we're, we're doing well, we're doing well. And, you know, we're just looking forward, trying to take it day by day, you know, 
as, uh, as everyone keeps saying, we're ready to pivot. So hopefully we'll get back to some sort of normalcy soon. Uh, we look forward to it. Absolutely. And kind of just wanted to talk about building this program. I was watching this morning a fantastic video done by Hokie Vision talking about the adjustment that your family made and the adjustment that uh, you made coming to Virginia Tech. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I just wanted to say, Coach, uh, Mr. Babcock has done an unbelievable job hiring. And I remember from a football perspective how smooth the transition was between Coach Beamer and Coach Fuente and just the connectivity between the athletic department and the new football staff. How was that transition coming from JMU up the road to go to uh, Virginia Tech? Uh, it was difficult. It, it really was. And not, not for any other reason other than the fact that I'd only been at James Madison. Uh, my family only knew James Madison. Uh, you know, I was, I was a coach that I was probably unprecedented that his children had never moved before in their life. Uh, you know, we, we, they had some sort of semblance of a, of a normal lifestyle where their grandparents lived in Harrisonburg, their aunts, their uncles, their cousins, you know, they had a pretty much a normal life, you know, family style. And, uh, and so when we came here, uh, it was the first time we were dealing with, you know, separation from family, from home for them. And so the people here were wonderful and that they, they really smoothed the transition as much as possible. But, you know, for a couple of years, we kind of lived apart. I lived here in Blacksburg. Uh, my two younger children, you know, were finishing up. One was finishing up high school. One was finishing up middle school. Uh, my wife was kind of back and forth. So we were kind of apart for the first time in our life. And, uh, and so it's kind of odd because even though we were apart, it kind of brought us closer together, you know, where we were really valuing the time that we had with each other. Uh, but the people here uh, at Virginia Tech and in Blacksburg, they really helped smooth that transition, especially from one that was just so difficult because we had never moved before, never lived anywhere else before, and the kids weren't used to it. But, but so many people reached out. Uh, they made my wife feel comfortable. Uh, you know, and everyone kept telling me when I got hired, you're going to love it here. You're going to love it here. And I had no idea why they were saying that, obviously, because I'd never experienced it. But as the days went on and, you know, you, you just watched the – the friendliness, the kindness, people extending a hand and, you know, just trying to make you feel comfortable. Uh, I really knew that this was a, a right move and this was home. That's a fantastic, fantastic point. And I know my, uh, I've talked about him before on this podcast. My head coach in high school was Chris Partridge, who spent a couple years at Michigan, ended up getting married, has a kid in school. And, um, his, uh, his daughter is staying in Michigan to, or stayed in Michigan to finish her last year of school. I know you did the same thing with Chloe, but taking the time to look back at it, you know, as it comes full circle, what was it like to go from her in that video describing you not wanting her, not wanting to move, but her understanding the gravity and the, and the, and the opportunity that you had and her being on board with that to fast forward to this year, your two oldest daughters are on the bench playing, suiting up. Um, what was that like to come full circle and kind of reach that point? You know, I, I wish I had a, a crystal ball so I could look ahead to say, to know that everything was going to be okay. Uh, Chloe, Chloe is my, Chloe is the, is the family bug. She's the one who is all about family, family gatherings, family getting together, you know, togetherness. And, and she's very loyal. She's an extremely loyal person. And she was a loyal to everything, to the brand, to JMU, to that program, to that city, uh, to her family. And, you know, she was very pro-JMU, uh, very anti-Virginia Tech a very anti-UVA, you know, as yep. we, we kind of, you know, they grew up that way. And uh, so much so that even when we had the opportunity to come and interview, we didn't tell the kids we were coming. 
just me and my wife got in a car, uh, drove down two hours, and um, halfway down, we got a call from Chloe. Well, we knew she was in school, but we got a call from her. And she said, where are you guys? And I'm like, we're like, oh, we're just taking a trip. And she's like, no, where are you? And we're in the car, and, you know, where are you? And we were like, we're actually going our way down to Virginia Tech. No, we didn't even say it. And she said, you're going to Virginia Tech, aren't you? And we were like, well, how'd you know? Well, it's in the papers here in Harrisonburg. <laughs> you're going to visit. And so we, we kind of, you know, broke it to her. Yeah, we're going to go and see what it's going to be like. And when we were making the decision, Kendall was on board. Kendall was like, okay, whatever, you know, for you, dad. Gabby, she was too young. She didn't really understand. She just kind of going with the flow. Chloe was the one that I was nervous about. And, you know, we talked about the opportunity, you know, what it meant. And, and, she, and she's, she's a sports bug. She keeps up with the ACC, with all other conferences. And she understands the value of, uh, of this level. And you know, one day I was just sitting in my room, in the bedroom, and she walked in and she jumped on the bed with me and she just started talking and she started spilling her guts. She said, Dad, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave my family. But I know that this is a wonderful opportunity for you. And I don't want to be the one that stands in the way for something that you work so hard for. We'll still be family. We'll still be there. Uh, and so whatever you want to do, I'll support it. And I mean, I just lost it. I mean, I am crying. I am boohooing. And, you know, just to understand that as loyal as she is and, and is to her family and to her surroundings and to everything that was going on, uh, she was going. She was willing to sacrifice to uh, to make sure that I was going to be able to to live out my dream, and that that right there touched me, you know, so much. Even to this day, when I talk about it, I get chill bumps uh, just knowing how much of a weight off my shoulders that was, knowing that she was willing to uh, to be to be to go somewhere else. And you know, in that crystal ball I was talking about, you know, I look at them now that they, they love, they absolutely love being Hokies. I mean, they, they are so proud of being Hokies. And when they walk around and they talk about being a Hokie, I can see that, that excitement in their face. I can hear it in their voice. And it was so great because they were able to get out of my shadow, so to speak, in one aspect of not being a JMU Duke. And they come down here and get their own identity. They go out more so. And, yeah, they're always going to be Coach Brooks's daughters, but they have more of an identity here of their own as opposed to just really following in the footsteps of the place that I went and my wife went. And again, that's, it's kind of a, it's difficult no matter how many times you do it, but it's a rare occurrence where a, the move is, is not as long as usual. And, the, and it's been twice. I mean, you know how college sports are, especially um, at this level, moving from job to job. So that's a really interesting and unique story there. And you had some parallels too. So uh, Mr. Bob Babcock, a JMU alum, you know, I was curious who else kind of helped you in that transition. Who have you gotten close with at Virginia tech, both in the athletic department or working for the staff who have been kind of the people that helped you along uh, with that transition? Uh, when I, when I first got here, you know, I was appointed, uh, my sport administrator was uh, John Boleyn. Uh, and, you know, John has been uh, a staple pretty much here at Virginia tech for a very long time. I've always joked and said, he, he knows where the bones bury. Uh, he just understands and uh, he really, he really helped me in my transition, just understanding, you know, where to go to for certain situations, you know, how this works, how that works. Um, you just have any kind of questions that I needed answered about Virginia Tech, because being at JMU for so long, I was at JMU for like 18 or 19 straight years. And so I knew, you know, where to go for anything and everything. Uh, when I was at JMU, my whole staff were JMU alums. 
So we knew every situation, every nook and cranny of the university of where we needed to go to get things accomplished. Uh, when we came here, we knew nothing. We knew nothing. And, you know, so we really had to lean on someone. And John did a tremendous job of uh, just really pointing us into the direction where we needed to go. Uh, obviously, having Wit, Wit here uh, was, was tremendous. Scott Thomas, the softball coach, was, was great to me, too. You know, really welcomed me in with open arms. And, uh, and it's kind of funny, you know, just for me to be able to reciprocate that, you know, to all the new coaches that have come in behind me. Uh, sometimes I feel like, you know, one of the more elder statesmen now. You know, I've only been here four years, but, you know, it kind of tickles me when Mike comes down the hall and he wants to know where do I go for this, where do I go for that. You know, I kind of poke out my chest a little bit because, you know, we, we know a lot. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, so it, it's it, it's been it's been a uh, it's been a, a tremendous transition. You know, obviously I didn't have it for a while, but, you know, to experience something new and how something works differently. Uh, but to have people here to help guide you, uh, that's the most important thing because you, you can't figure it out by yourself. But we've had some some great people who have really extended, uh, you know, arm out to us to really point us in the right direction. It's really helped us get to where we've gotten to. Uh, in such a short time. So the new, so the uh, sort of new guy on campus, Coach Mike Young, he came on a few weeks ago. Uh, you share that beautiful Hanhurst facility. It is gorgeous. Uh, I kind of want to know, so what was it like when he took the job? What is your relationship with Coach Young? Uh, just kind of walk us through that a little bit. Um, you know, and obviously I'm going I'm to be very candid here. Sure. Uh, I, I, I had more conversations with with Mike in the first week than I did with Buzz in three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just goes to show you what kind of person Mike is. You know, that's just his personality and who he is. And I think it helped too, the fact that um, he recruited me out of high school. And uh, when Mike was, at, know that. When he was at Emory and Henry, uh, he made the trek <laughs> to Waynesboro, Virginia and sat, and we, I remember we sat in the little office and he tried to convince me to come to, to Emory and Henry. And so from that point on, you know, I've always known him. So when I got into the coaching ranks on the men's side, uh, he was he was very generous to me, uh, you know, very welcoming, you know, helping me out as much as I can. I've always known of him, I've always admired him, the way that he's handled uh, his situation, you know, as a head coach, but as an assistant coach, he's never changed, humble, genuine. Uh, and, you know, the year that he's been here, uh, it, it's just been, it really feels like Virginia Tech basketball. You know, I mean, he really comes and supports us. You know, he'll watch our practices, you know, welcomes me to come watch his practice. He'll come down and we'll sit, we'll talk basketball, we'll talk life, we'll talk Virginia Tech, we'll talk anything. Uh, and, and it's just been, it's kind of it's kind of what I had when I was at James Madison where I was able to really bounce things off a lot of people, a lot of coaches there. Because, you know, a lot of people, they don't understand what we actually go through. You know, I can go talk to Coach Buente and who, who's been tremendous to me, um, but he's a football coach. Right. You know, I can talk to I can talk to John Sung, who been great. He's a lacrosse coach. You know, Mike and I can have conversations, and our sports are are relatively the same. And so we can just talk. And it's like he's probably the only person on campus who truly gets me and understands what I'm going through. And to have that relationship, to have that ability to have that relationship, it just means a lot. Because sometimes you know you want to shut your door because nobody really understands what you're going through. And he's probably the one person on campus who you know. 100% understands what we're going, what I'm going through. And it's been, it's been a blessing to have him here. And uh, I'm, I'm excited, you know, what he's doing, you know, for the, uh, the direction that he's taking the program in. And I'm excited because, you know, he, he knows all my players' names, you know, and he, he talks to them and uh, he, he, he'll come in my office and he'll, he'll start talking about my players like he's at my practices. You know, he calls them by <laughs> the first name, knows them, 
and he talks about what we're doing. So that, it's just been it's just been a blessing. I really admire him, and I know that he's going to get this thing going. And it's been a lot of fun to have him here for the last year. That's awesome. And I think what's 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 so special about Virginia Tech and what really comes across anytime I've had the opportunity to either listen or speak with uh, different coaches or or members of the staff are how much they truthfully love Virginia Tech and truthfully love Blacksburg. It's not about winning games or it's not about just, um, you know, getting your job done, going out of your way to help other coaches, help students on campus. So um, I really appreciate that. Uh, it, it's been tremendous. I mean, Co- Coach Coach Fuente, and, you know, he was the first coach I met with when I got here. Uh, he's been very supportive. He has three daughters. You know, I have mm-hmm. three daughters. You now we kind of talk about that a little bit. But, you know, if, if we're going through a tough stretch, you know, it's very common for, you know, him to send me a text, say, hang in there. If we're going through a great stretch, it's very common for him to, you know, send me a text, keep it going, you know. And, and it's been a lot of coaches like that. So it's really a big family, big family. And, you know, and that's it's exactly what we're feeling now while we're in Hunthurst. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love that. And then it all kind of came together. I've loved, we talked about this uh, a couple months ago is the growth of this program. And it really quite honestly was coming to a, uh, to a head here in the 2020 season, an unbelievable season by all measures, 21 and nine finished fourth in the ACC, essentially a lock uh, for the NCAA tournament. And what I think is kind of a microcosm of what's going on in sports is, was your ability to, Shuffle your roster, not only with the addition of Elizabeth Kitley, but also seamlessly bring in Tasia Cole from the University of Georgia in Louisville. Um, how have you adjusted to, I don't want to call it free agency, but the ability where people slide in, people slide out, and you're constantly needing to reevaluate your team, change how you're running your team, change your offensive sets, your defensive sets. How did you go about that in the preseason and then translate that into a really successful 2020 campaign i tell you it's just the evolution of sports now you know and obviously you know with the uh, kids going it hasn't happened this year it's going to happen next year probably with granting the immediate eligibility with transfers and uh, the fifth year kids i uh, just you, you just have to evolve you have to stay on top of it and uh, your your term free agency is almost right mm-hmm. you know and, and you, you you're watching and you're looking you have to be careful. You can't just bring anyone into your program. You have to bring someone that you're really familiar with who can come in. And, uh, you know, we, we lost a lot last year. You know, when you lose a, a WNBA draft pick and Ray McGarity and you lose uh, Taylor Emery, who should have been a WNBA draft pick, you know, people are going to really focus on what you lost. Uh, and we, we felt like coming in, you know, we knew Liz, Liz Kitley was going to be really good. We knew that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew we were going to have a low post presence, you know, it was just going to be a matter of her. When was she going to be, when was the light bulb going to click for her? That's, that's what we felt. Taj Cole, I've known since she was 13 years old. Uh, so that was an easy transition. And to this day, uh, probably one of the closest relationships I've ever had with a player, you know, just in the, in the one year that we were able to work with each other. So that was a great addition. And then Lydia Rivers, you know, Lydia was, uh, Lydia was a no brainer for us. We knew her. Coach Brittany Anderson, uh, who, was, who used to be on my staff, you know, she had recruited her to uh, Radford. Uh, I knew Lydia's dad, John, who was a Virginia Tech uh, alum. I played against him uh, in college. And so it just seemed like everything fit. And we knew we had the pieces to something very, very special. Even though people wanted to count us out, I think they, I think they preseason picked us 11. And we just kind of laughed at it. And we, we knew that we were much better than that because people were focusing on what we lost and we were focusing on what we had. And, you know, the trip we took, we took a trip last summer to Europe. 
wonderful trip. Wonderful trip. Very well needed. We went there. The kids bonded extremely well. Uh, we played a few games. And even though we weren't great in those games, we knew we had the beginnings of something that could be special if they came together. And the way that they bonded during that trip, uh, Billy, no, normally when you're with a group for a long period of time like that, you just want it to be over with. Mm -hmm. You know, usually by day six, seven, you're like, okay, let's get home. Mm -hmm. We were over there 12 days. And the last day we were there, the kids were like boohooing because they didn't want to leave. They didn't want to go away. And uh, it, it was a, such a great thing because me as a coach, I sat back and I watched them and they never were in the same groups all the time. You know, it was very common to see Liz Kitley with Tosh Cole or Liz Kitley with, you know, Kendall Brooks or, or whoever. They were just all intermingling. And the way they got along, I knew that we had to make it something very, very special. So all we had to do was put it together on the floor. And this group in particular, they, they were so unselfish. They were so unselfish. They were like, okay, let's go out here and let's, let's go, let's sacrifice. You look at an Asia Shepherd, she was finally getting her time to shine. And she, I had to yell at her several times to shoot the basketball. You know, <laughs> she's trying to make an extra pass. You know, Taj Cole came here as a McDonald's All-American, you know, uh, one year left. Uh, and she could have tried to come out and shoot the ball every time, but she's wanted to set her teammates up, set them up, set them up. And as the year kept going on, I was like, you know, we're going to be great if you guys buy in. And they bought in, and they bought in so much to everything that we said, anything that we said. Uh, it was a magical year for us. It was, it was probably the most enjoyable season I've ever had coaching because of the way that these kids fought for each other, the way that they got along. Uh, I went to practice every day with a smile on my face. I left practice every day happy, you know, just being around this group of kids. They're a wonderful group of kids, wonderful. And that's what made it so hard when they sacrificed so much, individual success, sacrificed so much, did everything that we asked. And the only thing, only thing we had left to do was to just hear our name called, let's go play in the tournament. Yeah. And it got so close and to have it pulled up from underneath of you, that was a sad part. But, you know, it still can't take away the journey aspect of it. We, we wanted the destination of making the NCAA tournament, uh, but we will never forget the journey and how these kids came together and uh, just how much they sacrificed, how much they loved each other, how much they just really loved being around each other. And to know that you have the, the core of that group coming back for years to come, it uh, makes you very, very excited for Virginia Tech women's basketball. I love that you all had the opportunity to go to Europe together. And I think that's a huge testament to the athletic department that has really made it an effort to support other sports. Some universities, they just focus on football or just focus on men's basketball. And that's a fantastic opportunity, not just from a team building perspective, but from creating, you know, young professionals or giving them life experiences that are so valuable. And that I look back on still today. And you mentioned it towards the end there. We interviewed Taylor Caskey and MC McCarthy from lacrosse this year and asked them about kind of how they found out that their season was coming to an end. They were on the team bus after just playing, I believe it was Boston College. Um, and obviously it's, it, it's, it's gut-wrenching from a coaching perspective, from everybody's perspective. How exactly was the news passed along and how did the team handle that together uh, and take that news? Well, you know, we... Um... <laughs> We finished the ACC tournament and uh, we lost and we were disappointed, but we, we felt like we had our resume was good enough that we were going to be an NCAA team. Sure. Every, you know, we were, we were projected anywhere from a seven seed to a 10 seed. Uh, that's all we wanted to do was get in, get our feet wet. You know, we got in there, we knew we could, we could cause some damage. So 
we gave him a break. It was spring break. We gave him some time off, go home, you know, rest a little bit. We'll convene uh, on Friday, you know, uh, of the week before the tournament. And um, we went recruiting. You know, we went recruiting. I mean, myself and my assistants, we were, we were in people's homes. Mm-hmm. We were going in people's homes and talking and doing whatever. And every day we just kept thinking of something else was happening. You know, we were, we were keeping one eye on, you know, mid-major tournaments to see if there were going to be any upsets to make sure that it didn't bump us out. And then we kept, kept hearing more and more about the COVID. And, you know, and then we kept, we started hearing, well, maybe they're going to play without fans. And you're like, play without fans? No way. I wouldn't want to play without fans. That quickly became, okay, I'll play without fans just so we can play. Yep. And, um, and then when the NBA canceled, everything i knew we were in trouble i knew we were in trouble and when it finally came down i was sitting in my chair and uh before i could really gather enough energy to text the kids they started texting me and we started talking about it and um the next couple of days you know i was you know I, I kind of i don't use this term loosely but i was almost a little bit depressed i just didn't feel like moving i stayed in bed stayed in bed and watched you know netflix and TV show after TV show. It got to the point where I was just even watching Little House on the Prairie. I was just didn't want to move. And all of a sudden, I just kept getting, you know, a barrage of texts from, from the kids. You know, the, the and when they started in on me and they said, Coach, I feel so bad for you and the seniors because you guys worked so hard. You deserved it. And they kept texts like that kept coming in. It kept coming in. And I just sat there and thought, you know, this is a special group where instead of me being the one that's really reaching out and consoling them, they thought they had the mindset to console me for the work that I put in, the work that the coaching staff put in. And to me, you know, it just let us know that, you know, this is a special group. You know, they, they're not selfish and just worrying about themselves. They're worrying about the coaches. They're worrying about the, the upperclassmen. Um, and just really to, to just go through that, I think it will strengthen our relationships, Although you still would love to have that, you know, recognition of being an NCAA tournament team and going mm-hmm. and playing with the experience of it. Uh, but I still, you can't take away the journey and what all happened to get to that point. And I think that's only going to strengthen us and make us hungrier for next year. And it's a testament to the culture and the, um, again, the relationships that have been bonded over the years um, in uh, year five for you, correct? In 2020 was year five. So uh, no, year four. Year four. So the relationships and the culture that you built and the character of people that you've brought in, it's not all about the games, it's the practices and the time together. And um, Coach Young mentioned in his, he was like, it's going to be an emotional moment when the kids come back to campus because I haven't seen them. I haven't practiced with them. I haven't been able to ask them in person how they're doing, how are things going. And, um, you know, this is the longest for, um, just speaking to some of the football guys, the longest they've been away from everybody. I mean, that's your friend group, that's your circle, that's you know, everything and you kind of get thrown out of your routine. And obviously there are more uh, devastating things going on, but, you know, just from a homeostasis and mental health standpoint, it's so important to be with the people that you you work with every day. So there's no right way or wrong way to do it, but um, it's just, again, a testament to your team. And you can't take away from the accomplishments, uh, not only on the court, but off the court as well. You had 10 young ladies on the academic honor roll, uh, I had to get that in there. What what goes into that? Who are some of the, um, you know, obviously the SAS department's fantastic. Um, what kind of accomplishment was that for you and your team? Well, you know what? I mean, you, you can look at the accomplishment and, um, and I'm very proud of it. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. so proud of it. 
but to to see all the hard work that went behind the scenes to get us to that point, uh, the education is, is really important to me, really important to me. And when I, when I got here, uh, you know, the, the culture needed to be changed. And I don't, I'm not pointing fingers or anything, but, you know, the education part of it was very, very important to us. And uh, we had we had to move some things around, had to move some things around, uh, get some uh, people in the SAS department who we felt like were uh, on the same page with, with us and the kind of kids we were bringing in. And, uh, you know, they did a tremendous job. Uh, Elise Silva, uh, you know, she was my academic coordinator at JMU and uh, was able to help bring her down here. And she really cleaned up a lot of things for us. You know, not, not only, you know, the kids, but just the culture that's been established over there. You know, it's an extension of what's going on here. And the kids came out and I knew we were in good shape when, you know, and obviously when we recruit, we're not just recruiting the stellar basketball player. We want kids who want to go and uh, get a tremendous education and take it very seriously and they're going to value it. And uh, we were in Puerto Rico and Puerto Rico is beautiful. Uh, and on my birthday and grades start coming in, grades start coming in and they were competing as hard with grades. <laughs> who was going to get the highest GPA as they were, you know, on the court. And when they were doing that, I knew we were, I knew we were in great shape. And so they, they did a tremendous job. I think our team GPA was a 3.3 or 3.4 wow. the first semester. Uh, and that, that, that bug just kind of, you know, caught on. They did a tremendous job. They didn't really fight the, the SAS department when they had to do extra study halls or whatever. They really wanted to value their education, their opportunities, their resources. And this semester, I think our GPA was like a 3.5. That's and they, they've done a tremendous job all summer, but they're very conscious of their academics. Uh, that, that department over there has done a tremendous job for us. And uh, that's something that we very we value. So when you get 10, 10 kids on the honor roll, I think our starting five was on the uh, all ACC uh, scholastic team. So, wow. you know, to have that, you know, you know, and to be 21 and nine, finish fourth place in the ACC, you know, it goes to show you that you're doing both. And you're, you're just really epitomizing the term student athlete. That's awesome. And then taking that next step as well, a um, little bit of breaking news today. Ms. Taylor Emery, she's going pro in Israel this year, which is super duper exciting. Uh, and Mrs. Cole is going pro in Spain. How are your relationships with former players, whether it be from JMU, from Virginia Tech, um, whether they're still playing basketball or not playing basketball? Um, how are those relationships and um, how, how do you value that? First and foremost, you know, it, it is a relationship. You know, it's not just, hey, you're a resource, you're coming in here, oh, you can score, let's go and, you know, sure. let, let you score and then, you know, it's kind of go away. And, and to be, you know, very candid, sometimes it's great, sometimes, you know, the kids don't want it, uh, sometimes it doesn't work at the moment. And, you know, it's kind of funny because some of my kids at JMU, the ones that maybe thought that it was tough uh, or we didn't have a great relationship, as they get older, they'll text me and they'll start talking about, hey, I'm, now I know why you were doing this. Hey, you know, I really appreciate everything that you've done for me. But uh, I, re I really value the relationships that I have with my kids. You know, the kids that I had at JMU, they're, uh, they're older. And uh, I still talk to them. You know, Tamara Young, you know, I talk to her once a week. Kirby Burkholder, I talk to her once a week. Uh, Jasmine Guathney, you know, I talk to her once a week. They let me know what they're doing, how things are going. I talk to their parents, you know, still because it's all about relationships. Uh, Sammy Hill, I, I love Sammy Hill. Sammy Hill taught me how, what it is to be a Hokie, you know, so I'm very proud of her accomplishments and what she's done and what she's doing. Uh, Taylor Emery, you know, she signed and she calls me the other day and 
the, their coach from Israel, you know, calls me and I, I'm on the phone with him for an hour. And he's talking about, hey, tell me about Taylor Emery. And, you know, and I talked to him for an hour and, you know, and, and three hours later, she calls me and she says, they're signing me. Thank you. You know, just for, wow. you know, just talking. Tosh Cole, you know, Tosh Cole, you know, I, I talked to her, her coach, her agent. Uh, Lydia Rivers is one we still haven't announced yet, but she's going to play in Turkey. Uh, you know, so the relationships that we, we that we have with those kids is something that you build and is genuine. Uh, you know, it's not always going to be, hey, we're going to coddle you because you can score 20 a game. We're going to push you. We're going to push you to be a better person. We're going to push you to be a better uh, student. Uh, and then all that will come and your athletic part of it will take place. But, um, you know, but we love them all, love them all. And some of them really understand it. Uh, and those are the ones you continue on. And some just don't get it at the moment. And sometimes they, they are a little bit um, uneasy to try to continue that relationship. Uh, but that's just, that's just human nature. It's human nature. But, you know, I, I really value it. When I first got here, you know, I didn't know much about Virginia Tech. And what Sammy Hill and Vanessa Panousis and Sid Cook did for me, uh, just really telling me and showing me what it's like to be a Hokie and what it is to be a Hokie. Uh, I will value those three kids, you know, until my days of coaching are over with because they really helped my transition and helped me uh, become a, a coach and hit the ground running here at Virginia Tech so smoothly. That's awesome. And you, and you mentioned it there, uh, Vanessa Panousis and Sammy Hill, and I know you're not allowed to talk about current recruits now, but you're getting re- international recruits. And I want to kind of understand, because we didn't really deal with that in football. I know we just recently signed somebody from France. How do you go about both evaluating talent on another co- continent getting those relationships, speaking to the right people to understand them as not just a player, but a person. Can you break down kind of how you go about it, recruiting internationally and forming those relationships as well? Yeah, there, there, are, there are a lot of scouting services um, that are promoting the kids. And, and you, you have to look at those names, gather those names, and then you have to really dive in and do your homework. Um, we, have, we have three international kids on our team right now. Um, one I saw at a junior college. Uh, and then the other two, I went to Belarus. Okay, that's like right on the border of Russia mm-hmm. uh, to go watch them play in a FIBA tournament. And um, you, you have to look at it because obviously the competition is going to be a little bit differently. Uh, they have to come and they have to adjust to the American style of basketball. And uh, we, we have we got two of those kids. When I went to Belarus. We got two kids, one from Canada, one from Australia. The Australian kid um, – She's almost like a little spitting image of, of uh, Vanessa. Mm-hmm. And Vanessa knew her. Vanessa knew her and she knew Vanessa. And Vanessa's, you know, Vanessa pulled out her recruiting hat and really helped us. <laughs> and, uh, and, th- and this young lady, her name is Georgia Moore. Uh, she, she's going to be phenomenal. You know, she's going to be phenomenal. She's a little point guard. She came here in January. And, um, and so she got to practice with us. And she messed my practices up quite a bit. Because we couldn't guard her. I couldn't guard her. And, you know, some of the things that she could do, uh, it was really tempting for me to want to put her in a game and play her some last year. Uh, but she's, she's a future. She's going to be a future point guard for us. And so that, that, that understanding the, the international aspect of, of recruiting is very important because there are a lot of great players all across the country. And, you know, in a, in a time where sometimes a lot of kids want to go to the same schools, Sometimes you can go and you can find a diamond in the rough, you know, and be able to get, you know, a Sammy Hill, being able to go out and get, you know, a Georgia Moore and kids like that that really uh, value 
what you have to offer and not just, you know, a name that somebody else has made popular and they come over here and they, and they value it. You know, they look, they look at our, our facilities. They look at the, uh, the support that we have. They look at the opportunities that we have to go and make, you know, national prominence. Uh, and they really want to be a part of that. And that's, you know, something that's very, very important. And we'll continue to do so. Uh, we, we have a young lady that's on staff right now who's an international uh, person and she has a great connection. And so we'll always keep an eye on that because I think the international aspect of it has been good to Virginia Tech women's basketball. You made a great point. I, I've always thought it, it means, I'm not going to say it means more, but to me it's more attractive to take on a challenge where you're going to be able to not continue what's being done at the highest level. You're able to build towards it. And I think that is something that's so attractive of this program is continuously taking a step forward each and every year um, to just continue to become the best in one of the best conferences, if not, well, definitely the best conference in basketball. I want to ask you though, what is, what is your recruiting pitch? What is the coach Brooks uh, recruiting picks pitch to prospective student athletes? You know, I, I think the thing that, um, you know, if you, if you talk to a lot of our kids and, and I know this now because we've done so many Zoom uh, recruiting meetings and we put a video up and we've asked our, we asked our kids very candidly, you know, why did you choose Virginia Tech? And, you know, so many of them said, you know, just the genuineness, the relationships have been that, that they built, you know, through the recruiting process that have continued on to, uh, you know, how they are, how they're being coached now. Uh, and we, we really just pitch, we pitch family. We, we pitch family. And we, we pitch being sincere. Uh, my Myself, you know, I'm not a CEO coach. You know, I, I'm not one that's going to be out, you know, shaking hand and kissing babies all the time. Maybe maybe the hockey club wants me to do a little bit more, but, you know, I want to be here with my kids. You know, I want to be in the gym with Liz Kelly. I want to be in the gym with Kayla King and those guys and helping making them better, being there for them if they need something. And, uh, and so when we talk, we want to really get to know the kid, you know, because if I'm going to coach you, I'm going to coach you hard during certain aspects. Uh, I have to know you. You have to know me. You have to feel very comfortable with me. That's why I continue to have those relationships with my former players. That's why I continue to talk to them. And that's why, you know, I continue to help them because we've, we've developed a relationship. And, that, and that's the way we're going to get it done here because sometimes Virginia Tech can be looked at as a sleeping giant. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe we don't have the history that UConn has or that maybe, you know, we're not piggybacking off of the tremendous success that, a program like Duke might have because of Coach K, you know, or, or what kids might formulate through the media. Uh, we got to get them here. We got to get them here. And to get them here, they have to really trust you and like you and like what you're talking about. And uh, once we get them here, we feel like, you know, they're like, they walk around on campus and they're like, this is a beautiful campus. Yes, it is. Uh, you walk around the facilities. This is great. Yes, it is. You know, the girls seem to get along great. Yes, they do. Um, you seem to be, you know, genuine. I try to be. And so when, when we get that, we get that, then we get them here. And what makes it so special is that when you get them here for those reasons, they, they want to stay because they chose it for the right reasons. Right. They chose Virginia Tech for the right reasons. It makes them want to stick through those tough times. Not all the time, but for the majority. And it makes them really fall in love with the university. What are you most excited about as you look towards the 2021 season? And again, a little bit of a reshuffling coming here. Um, extremely talented young, uh, young ladies here in the fold. 
What are some of the things in this 2021 season that you think have improved through roster turnover or through practice? What are some of those things that you're looking forward to? Our, our roster is really good. Yeah, it, it's, it, it, it could possibly be the best roster that I've ever had. And, and the reason I say that is because we are, we are deep. You know, we have 15 kids on roster and we are deep. And that's yep. one of the things that I, that I noticed um, coming into the ACC. When I was in the CAA, if you had one or two star players, you could fill the rest with some role players and, you know, played about eight or nine kids and you were good. Uh, when I first got here, our first five was, was pretty good. You know, you had Vanessa Panousis and Sammy and Sid and Reagan. And, you know, you had some other players who were good. It's when they put their second wave in and we had to continue with our first wave is when we started losing a little bit. And uh, so I knew depth was going to be something that's very, very important. Uh, we had depth last year, uh, but this year, I mean, we, we lost a little bit. And some people were really, you know, lock in and focus on what we lost. It's kind of it's eerily similar to last year where people will focus on, okay, you lost Taj Cole. And, and that is going to be a tremendous loss for us. But Taj did a tremendous job of grooming uh, Georgia Moore. And, and they went at each other. And, and Taj knows how good she's going to be. Uh, we got a fifth-year fifth kid in Deja Green, who was an all-conference player in the Southern Conference. Uh, so that'll be our point guard spot, you know, and, and we're, we're going to be – that's going to be deep for us. It's going to be really good. You have Asia Shepard coming back, who's an all-conference player. Um, you have you, – you're going you're gonna to have Liz Kitley, who I think is going to be one of the best centers in the league and the country. Mm -hmm. um, we, have, we have a young lady named um, AJ, AJ Jones, Asia Jones who is six foot three, is a power forward, and most athletic kid that I've ever coached. And then you add the newcomers, and I'm so excited about, you know, so it just goes on and on and on and on how good we can possibly be. So, you know, we just need to kick COVID's butt and get, out, get it back out on the court. When we get on the court, we're going to be deep, we're going to be talented, uh, and I think it's going to be, I think we're going to sneak up on some people because, yeah, we, we lost Darren Avery, uh, and we lost um, Trinity Baptiste. Uh, and those two, you know, could have helped us in a lot of different ways, but it's not like there's a big hole. There's not something that like we can't fill. And I think that, you know, in, in, in most instances, we got better, we got better. And I think we can continue that. And I'm looking forward to it because I think that, you know, we have some unfinished business, but you have a Liz Kelly, who's a year older, Asia, uh, Asia Jones, you know, we have a, a junior college transfer coming in and DeAsia Greg, we're going to be really good, really good. I'm so excited. We just got to get back out on the court. It was a blast to follow this past season and has been a ton of fun to follow over your tenure. Um, and just watching it each year, add a piece here, add a piece here. And uh, now for you to have some depth is going to be fantastic to watch. And, and as you gear up for this season and talk about getting back on the court, how are you handling meetings now? How are you handling? Um, I'm not sure if any of your uh, student athletes are taking summer classes. How often do you meet with them? How often are you allowed to? How are you handling this from a from just a coaching perspective? You know, it, it just as you mentioned a while ago, it's it's different. You know, I've mm -hmm. never been away from a from my group for this extended period of time, uh, and we are a close knit group, and so we we text, we talk, we Zoom a lot. You know, we Zoom meetings a lot. Uh, we, we have, I have come in contact with, uh, uh, quite a few of them and you have to give, you have to have the mask on and the air hugs. And that's you know, so all I want to do is go give them a big hug. Cause I haven't seen them in a long time. Um, but you know, I think the kids are understanding that and, uh, we just keep stressing to them the importance of taking this thing very, very seriously, you know, and I, I think it's really hard for them because 
they're they're young and they want to get out there. They see each other. They want they want to go hang out. You know, they're they're not used to anything like this, nor none of us are. But you know, they're younger, and so we have to just continue to stress to them, set the example, wear your mask, social distancing. Um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get back to some norm, sense of normalcy. Uh, the NCAA has instituted that we'll be able to work with them and starting on July the 20th. So we're hoping that we can get, you know, to that point where we can continue on and on and on. But uh, we just have to really stress the importance of social distancing and making sure they're abiding by those rules that are set. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're going to move into the section, the rapid fire section now. Uh, this is brought to you by the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. 50% off teeth bleaching if you go in and you mentioned that the sons of saturday sent you so shout out to dr cran and the chesapeake center for complete dentistry rapid fire just a couple quick questions first thing that comes to your mind uh first question here is what is your favorite movie oh <laughs> wow you know what I, I probably would have to say um jurassic park Jurassic Park. Okay. And, and, and don't judge me, but uh, when it came out, it kind of changed, kind of changed like the animation part of everything, just how everything looks so real. Right. Uh, and it's probably on the tip of my tongue too, because uh, I, I probably watched all of them in the last couple of days um, and, and just watching the animation part of it. And when that movie came out, it, I really talking about the first later. one in the nineties, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. When it, when it came out, I walked out of there like, wow, you know, and it really, it really moved me. When you, if you go back and, and you watch it without kind of understanding when it came out, you're blown away that the, this is from 19, I think it was 1993. It is, it was definitely, uh, definitely led the way for a bunch of different uh, movies down the way. Um, what about your favorite book? Wow. I don't read a lot. <laughs> um, I, I did, I did like the, uh, I, I did like the, uh, the book by Phil Jackson and that's just because okay. it's, rel it's relative to me and my life and some of the things that I'm trying to do. Um, uh, but I, I don't, I don't read, I don't read a lot of books. I got you. And who are some of your, who are some of your role models? Uh, role models, um, coaches, a lot, lot of coaches. Uh, but I, I would probably say somebody that, that if they're sitting there talking, um, I would probably say Denzel Washington from a celebrity standpoint. Okay. Uh, role, role model. I, I'd probably say my coach, Lefty Giselle, uh, who, you know, is a Hall of Famer, who I learned so much from. Kind of like those conversations I talked to you about, you know, where I didn't really understand it until years later. Sure. Uh, that's exactly. And I find myself doing a lot of things to my players or in practice the same way that he did them. And what about uh, LeBron, Kobe, or MJ? We ask all the recruits this. We ask everybody that comes on, who's your favorite? Who's the best? Hands down, unequivocally, no question, the GOAT, MJ. Okay. I like that answer. Uh, we were surprised. We got a couple uh, football players that are coming in that went with, uh, that went with, Michael, with Michael Jordan. So that's, um, I, I expected that. Did you enjoy uh, Last Dance? I did. I did. I, I wish there were like 20 more segments of it. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. I, I love watching the behind the scenes things that, uh, that really make, make the story. And that, it was tremendous. I really liked it. What about a pregame ritual? Do you have any pregame rituals that you do every time before a game or the day before a game? Anything, anything like that? Um, I'm very non-superstitious, superstitious. I try okay. not to do the same things. or <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of funny. If I wear a suit and we played well, uh, I'll know to wear that suit again. And, okay. You know, things like that. Uh, probably one of the wackiest things that I do, uh, home games, is I, I'm in my office right now. And so, 
you know, at, at a certain time, I will walk to Castle. And on my way, on my walk over to Castle, I walk across the Hunter's practice facility with my wife, and I'll pick up a basketball and I'll dribble it all the way across the court, and then I'll roll it and try to make it come as close to the ball rack without hitting it as possible. And it's so funny that when I do it, sometimes the men's coaches will be playing pickup or whatever, and as I walk across the gym, they'll stop playing pickup and watch me roll the ball. And uh, so sometimes <laughs> if, if I get really close and doesn't hit, I'm like, we're going to play well tonight. <laughs> and, you know, but it, it's so funny. I thought it, it tickled me when they stopped and waited for me and watched me roll it. And they watched the ball go all the way down and not, and then they can, then they started playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> what is, uh, what is your favorite activity in Blacksburg outside of work? Um, you know, I've, I've been trying to pick it back up and, and play golf. Um, but not really a golfer. I think my favorite thing to do is to come over here on campus um, later on in the evening. Uh, sun's going down a little bit, and I go to the duck pond. Okay. The duck pond, and I just kind of sit over there and watch. I love water, so mm -hmm. I go over there and sit. Uh, it's really relaxing. It's beautiful. Uh, and, you know, my wife will come over, you know, grandchildren. Sometimes we'll feed the ducks. You know, we do something like that. I know it doesn't sound really exciting. But that's that's what I really like to do. It's a beautiful campus. You've mentioned it several times. It's an it's an it's an unbelievable campus, and um, I I didn't appreciate it as much until uh, I wasn't there every day. So I'm, um, I'm still I'm still finding nooks and crannies that are beautiful, and I just you know I just want to continue to explore. Absolutely, and then we'll wrap it up here with the uh, with the quarantine rapid fire. What are some of the snacks that you've been indulging in since uh, since quarantine started? I've, I've been moving around a little bit. I think the last one that I've been on, I love hot. I love spicy, hot and spicy. Okay. Um, so the snack that I've been eating the last couple of days um, are Cheetos hot fries. Okay. Cheetos and, hot uh, fries. And I don't know why. I've just been, I've been killing them. And, um, and I, have, I have changed my beverage of choice. Um, I don't know if it's because I didn't want to drink a Corona or not, mm -hmm. but I, I'm, I'm drinking a Soul. Instead a soul. Of, so yeah, it's kind of like Corona. I actually had one in Puerto Rico, and uh, I have to I have to specially order them. But uh, I've been drinking that. You got to get. Have you had a Pacifico before? I have not. You got to get Pacifico a try. In my in my opinion, better than a Corona. So I would give okay. Pacifico. I'd give Pacifico a try. Who's the most uh, interesting person that you have been on a Zoom with recently? My team. Yeah, my my team. They they. Uh, it's funny because when you get them together, they all just kind of stare at the screen. <laughs> but if you get them individually, they're the ball of fire. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but um, several recruits we've had. Some, some are very quiet, but some are, some are used to it. You know, some are very used to it. I think for almost from, from more, it's almost exaggerated how um, real you can come across on a Zoom meeting. Um, there's, no, there's no body language. There's just you, me, computer, and you're going to have to generate conversation. So has that been a huge adjustment? or? Well, and I tell you what it is, too. Um, it forces recruits to look you in your eye. Yeah. You know, and that's something that's, you know, we're very big on is body language, mm -hmm. and, uh, eye contact. And, uh, you know, we, I, I, I've kind of blown up at our kids sometimes for not giving me eye contact. You know, you talk about that, and you're just trying to give them, uh, you know, just – Hey, this is what you're gonna have to do in, in the real world. You're gonna have to look somebody in the eye. You're gonna have to talk. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's there's a lot of times where recruits will come and sit in my office, and they're they're looking at everything but me. You yep. know, and I'll ask them a question. They'll look at their parents, and you know, 
when you, when you do a Zoom, they have to look you right in your face. Yep. You right in your face and you're talking and, and it's kind of, kind of, it's kind of bringing that back to, but uh, I don't know what's going to happen when I get back in my office. They'll start looking around again. <laughs> what about, uh, what about TV show, Netflix, Hulu? What, uh, what are some of the things you mentioned little house in the prairie? Yeah. Um, have you ran out of little house in the prairie? Have you well, gone that, through the entire? I think that was a stage. I got bored okay. with that really quick. Yeah. I just okay. watched, watched, I watched several episodes. I was like, ah, okay. Uh, I watch a show. <laughs> I watch a station. Um, oxygen okay they, they do a lot of crime uh you know where they solve crimes unsolved mysteries you know things of that nature my wife gets mad at me because she says gloom and doom but i'm yeah. like I, I can only watch criminal minds so many times my favorite tv show though is chicago pd okay chicago, chicago. no chicago fire only chicago PD. you know what i have not gotten into chicago fire yet i love chicago pd though i'm a big I love that I'm a big Bill Simmons guy, and he his uh, his dad's always talking about Chicago PD and Chicago Fire. Those are his two hours on Tuesday or Wednesday nights, whichever oh, one I, it comes I, on. I, I, I think I've seen every episode of Chicago PD. Gotcha. And then we had two letters from the lunch bail here. This one's not a question. Uh, Sammy Hill just wrote in and says that uh, she misses you a ton. So Sammy Still Hill says hello. And uh, Wayne Kent, for recruiting, the top three, three things about Blacksburg and Virginia Tech as a whole. Um. Hokie Nation won. Okay. Um, the the fan base, um, and I say this in a in a great way, a positive way. It's very, it's almost like a cult. They love Virginia Tech. You know, sure. it doesn't matter. It took me a while when I was on the. Uh, I get on an airplane and I have on my Virginia Tech shirt, and somebody would walk by me as I'm getting my luggage, and they would say, "Let's go." Yeah. I'd be like, "Where are we going?" And <laughs> you know, it took me a little while. Then it's like, okay, Hokies. And, you know, I've been in Paris, and people have come by me and. You know, say let's go Hokies, but uh, just how how they really support, how they support, and uh, it, it's tremendous. It, mm-hmm. It's very tremendous. Um, the campus and facilities. You know, you, you look you look at Castle, and yeah, we would love to have a couple more bells and whistles. But when that place gets rocking, you really feel the game. You know, sure. it, I, I've been in some new arenas that you're even if, even if you're down and and they're making a run and they're brand new. You feel cozy. You feel like okay, but yep. you go into Castle and you get mm-hmm. that place rocking, and it, it's it's like you feel the energy. You feel you feel it, and then um, and then probably the last thing is just opportunity. You know, we we play in the ACC. Um, you know, the fact that you know a couple of years ago Notre Dame was kicking our butt. You know, we had mm-hmm. no chance, and I remember this past year, and uh, uh, we were about to jump ball against Notre Dame. And um, they had four McDonald's All-Americans starting. And we had one with Taj Cole. And I looked at all of them. I'm like, we're better. You know, and, and third quarter, we're up by 22 points, you know, at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And to have the opportunity to do that, and then the next game play Duke, and the next game play Louisville, yep. you know, that's something that you really can, you know, stress to your recruit that you're going to come out. You're going to play uh, in the best arenas and the best – uh, competition and you can be one of those best and uh and we, and and then also too you know we're going to do something here that you know really hasn't been seen a lot or even before and uh, they have a they have a more uh, opportunity to leave their legacy and then and then the other thing was sammy um sammy's my sammy's my girl i don't know if you know the story i tried to recruit her at jmu and she did mention that. Yeah. Went and recruited her and we actually went and we sat down and we had pizza and I'm giving my, my spill and, mm-hmm. and she ended up going to, uh, to come into Virginia tech. 
And um, and I kept my eye on her, kept my eye on her. And, you know, she I don't think she was pretty much having the career that she wanted to up to that point. And I remember when I got introduced and I met with the team, she was looking at me and I could see it all over her face. She was like, is he going to like me? Is he mad at me? And, uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, I brought her in quickly. And I, I, I like to think that we instilled a lot of confidence in her, you know, mm-hmm. we, just to play, just go and play, go and play, be you, go and play. And I, I think our third game, I was over coaching Sammy. We 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 uh we drew a play. They kicked the ball to her, and she was open, but she still wasn't confident enough yet, and she didn't shoot it. And I, so I, I screamed. I said, "Sammy, shoot the ball!" Next possession, it came down. They kicked it over to her, same spot, and she passed it again. And I screamed. I said, "Sammy!" And before I could say shoot the ball, I looked and I subbed her out. Mm-hmm. And as she was coming out, she kind of had her head down, walking towards me. And I never let her get to the bench. I said, you are a great shooter. You need to shoot the basketball. When you're open, shoot it. And I just pushed her back to the scores table without letting her sit down. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, she got right back in, and we ran the same play, caught the ball at the corner, caught it, shot it, made it. And I looked at her, and I just screamed, I told you. And, and, <laughs> so, and I think from that point on, she really felt like, okay, I am good. I can play. And then what she's done since, you know, you know, that time and you're going on to be able to qualify for the Olympics. Um, I, I'm, I'm so proud of her. And she's done so much for me that, you know, I just, we always talk about it. I wish I had more years with her. You sure. Know, the one wasn't enough. I needed more years with her. But wonderful kid, you know, has done so much for me in this program. Uh, well, I'll, I'll forever be indebted to her. And like you said, a relationship that lasts a, lot, lasts a lifetime. And and coach, I just want to, I want to thank you. This has been a, this has been a ton of fun and a long time coming and getting the opportunity to um, shine a light on the program that uh, you, your staff, and these young ladies have been able to build over these years. Uh, it's fantastic. And we're really looking forward to, like you said, getting back on the basketball court, seeing what we're able to continue to build and just the um, incredible things that we have going on. So uh, we tip our cap to you and really look forward to that. And uh, again, really appreciate you joining us this afternoon. I really appreciate you guys. I listen a lot. You know, you guys do a wonderful job. The way that you guys represent, you know, it, it, it's very uh, positive for us, helps us. And I really appreciate you guys and keep it going. Coach, thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Right.